0: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan. And Dennis Dick, what a move in Disney yesterday, holy cow, we'll talk about that, not quite the biggest move of the year though, you'd have to go back to, I believe April 12th was the date of the biggest move of this year, but still a huge move nonetheless in Disney, so we'll talk about that, we'll talk about earnings as well, we have Canopy Growth, Walmart, Cisco, NetApp, uh, Weibo, so... Some, uh, some news on the earnings front as well. Uh, Carl Icahn stepping into this HPQ Xerox merger discussion. So we'll talk through Carl Icahn's moves. Uh, some ratings as well. Some notable ratings this morning. And our guest today, Mark Chakin, he would join us at 8.15. He's the founder of Chaken
1: Analytics. Joel, what is the word here overnight? Uh, we have a, uh, a crisis here in the markets. Uh, we are red for two days in a row coming in for the S&P Futures during the show. This time we're down four and three quarters handles at 30, 90, 75. Building a little wall here at 3,100. A couple highs in the upper 30, 90 handle. The overnight high, ninety nine seventy five. The all-time high, 02. So there, there's our area. There's our bogey for another uh, leg higher. Close over 3,100. Crude back into 57 handle up 47 cents at 57.59. Gold trying to get back to 1500 up 520 at 1468.50. Silver up 7.2 cents at 1698, trying to get back into the $17 handle. Bitcoin drifting lower down 165 dollars at 8,620. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, I wanted to do the uh, Mickey Mouse song, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. That be uh, good. No, Spencer Spencer wouldn't let me do it.
2: You wouldn't do the Mickey Mouse song? I'll do it. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. I don't know. Is there royalties we have to pay on that, though, that I just Yeah, well, that, 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 that's, that's what a, I was a, afraid of. There's probably royalties. <laughs> We're getting sued by Disney now.
1: Yeah, we already got enough
2: trouble, trouble this
1: week. So. Getting
2: sued by Disney.
1: No. Wow, Dennis. What, what a what move. move.
2: What a move. It's funny though. Look where it stops, Joel.
1: 150. I went out on a limb and you can uh, check the timestamp. When it was at like 447 and a half, I said this thing's going to 150. And, and I, I not a
2: coincidence it was- that it stops right there. I tweeted out last night. If you look at my Twitter, you can show the open book what is sitting there. I don't I didn't open the book this morning, but there was 170 thousand shares at 150 so if you do the quick air math on that that means it takes 25 million dollars worth of buying pressure to push it through 150 didn't it had a lot of buying pressure coming up to it but it needs it at that instance and it didn't get it so that's why it stalled back off these levels are huge that's the level that's the line in the sand last night it went over 150 again quickly came back down so it gave you a shot up there again but um, that's the level 150 because there's some size there in the book and it's psychological too Can it take it out today? Maybe. I mean, I've never seen a move in Disney intraday like that. I mean, we saw it when it did, obviously, um, you know, when When they they announced. When they announced it, that was April 12th. But that was overnight, and then it gapped up, and then it had a run after that. This was all intraday. So give us the news, just in case somebody was on Desert Island there last night, they didn't hear what (laughs) was the news there, Spencer. Give us the headline here that made Disney uh, take off like that. Yeah,
0: I'm skeptical of this one. So the headline is that – Disney said more than 10 million people have signed up on the first day of Disney+. Plus. I'm skeptical, too.
2: Why are you skeptical?
0: Um, because you, you don't... You're I skeptical. tweeted
2: it out last night, so maybe you read my tweet or you were
0: skeptical. No, no I didn't. Tweet. Maybe you were skeptical for the same reason, but you don't know how many people signed up as part of like another package. like They got it through Verizon or they got it with like Hulu or they got it through something else. You don't know if it's like a... If if they just signed up for Disney Plus, uh, or if they're getting it like for free or what, like you 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 don't know. That's what that's why I'm skeptical. Or why? the
2: free trial, there's a seven day free trial. Do those guys count? Those, do those girls count? The seven day free trial people, they just signed up. This was just sign-ups, right? So there could be a lot of people that try it out for the first seven days and say no, thank you. I mean I am I, I, I'm very I'm still positive overall. I'm not saying go in here and sell Disney because this. these are great numbers. I mean the numbers blew it away. But, you know, there's definitely some inflation happening from Verizon customers getting it for free. So why not sign up for it? And then secondly, it's seven days for free for everyone. So why not try it out? So, you know, and obviously, I guess, you know, we should have realized the tea leaves were there when the servers all went down. They couldn't handle the volume. So you knew the numbers were going to be big. So if you were thinking that yesterday or two days ago and you bought the stock on it, congratulations, because this is a huge Windfall for anybody who owned the stock the night before. I still own Disney in the long term account. I'm sticking with it just because I'm a believer um, in the whole story. I think the valuation is an extreme and I think um, they're still, this is going to be a huge product for them. I just don't know, like, where everybody's so excited, oh my goodness, 10 million the first day, or they're going to blow all these numbers away. Because the long term projections were where? I mean, they were saying by 2024, what, 60 to 90 million? Or, or was it, wasn't it something like that? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, so you had 10 million in the first days. People like, wow, these projections are way out. Well, we know the first day is gonna be the best day. The projections are probably still light, in my opinion. So I think some of this rally is warranted. It's just got a little bit ridiculous, but maybe it continues. I mean, the story is hot now, and we know a story matters more than anything. And if the story remains hot, this could continue to run out. 150 is gonna be the line in the sand for me, though. So yesterday's high, 149.92. What does it do that? Does it try it again? Does it fail there again? Puts a double top in there. Then I'd be concerned if I had it on for a trade. So let's see what it does at 150. It's a critical level.
1: Yeah, we did sneak over 150 in the uh, after hours trading. I so, traded it
2: around that too. And I just I butchered know. it all up. You can't even, I butchered it. What did it. you do? Well, I shorted around 150. So I was like, it's not going to go through. And then it blew through it at 150 and a half. And it's so much volume going on. I was like, I don't know. So then it came back in. And I was like, okay. And you know what? I, I've come back in pretty quickly. I actually took a small loss on it. Shorting it up at 150, I took a small loss on it. And then I watched the thing just collapse $2. And I was like, man, I got totally shaken out on that. So even me, 20 years experience, there's still instances where you can get shaken out of trades. It was scary at the time though, Joel. It started, it was just ripping through that 150. I probably should have waited until I came back down through it, not trying to be a hero and short it up into it because I was trying to short it as it was going up. That's what I did wrong. I should have waited until it started to you know, show Come like back. it was starting to leak and then get short. So I was too early, too early on the trade last night.
1: Yeah, it's hard too because, you know, the offer would get lifted. But with and the there's... volume was
2: insane. I know. I mean, okay, we, we talked about 170,000 shares. So it's already done 222,000 this morning. It's going to trade a million. So it can chew through that. It's not like it didn't do enough volume to be able to chew through that. You know, in in a lot of instances, you see the after hours volumes, 10,000 shares, 170,000 perched. Well, there's no way it's going through it. But there was so much volume happening last night. It was almost like I've never seen this much on on no news because there was no news last night. The news happened during the day. But on no breaking headline, I've never seen a stock that active after hours. It was trading like it was intraday, like it was open. It was so active. And this is, you know, five or six or seven hours after the release of those numbers. Like at six o'clock last night, it was still trading like every second. It was crazy active for, um, you know, non-breaking headline. Obviously on the headline, it broke intraday, but I'm talking about like six o'clock last night. There was no new breaking headlines. It was still trading that active, incredible action.
1: Yeah, and uh, so we got that uh, during the regular session. I mean, we don't really talk need to talk about the technicals anymore in this. I'll just tell you, since uh, the low, since making that high after hours, 147.60 uh, is it's minor support. Oh, that's what I'll call here. Someone, you know, anyone that uh, caught it over 150, they, you know, they're just looking for a scalp here. So, 147.60 on the downside, 150 on the upside, how long will it take them to move into one of the top ten components in the S and P, Dennis? With this kind of move, where is the
2: market cap now?
1: Uh,
2: How far are we? I from have the that?
1: market cap on me, but um, I have my list of my, you know, my top ones. And going before yesterday, I haven't checked it yet. Today it was about fifteenth or sixteenth. Now with that move yesterday, helps. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll have to recheck. it.
2: I mean, there's a good story going here now, and the valuation is not ridiculous. So, yeah. like somebody and, – and it was Grasso, I believe, given the argument on CNBC Fast Money, and Grasso is a good argument, and I've, I've given that same argument, you know, comparing it to Netflix, and I've given this argument for Disney for a while. If they give, you know, even half the multiple on the Disney Plus part that they give to Netflix, um, the stock could run. The stock could run because, about- you know, you're you're, you're you're trading 25 times you know, on, on earnings, you know, that we know are stable, like you've got obviously a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of coming from the parks from the movies, from everything. Now you get this whole new income stream coming in. If they decide, well, that's the growth part. And we're going to give that part of the earnings a higher multiple, I'm not saying the whole company gets a higher multiple, but that park gets a higher multiple, then it's got yeah, some room to if run.
1: They're added, if they're added seven, how much is it uh, a month? Seven bucks? There's a 7 and a $12 package, right? Yeah. I think probably most yeah.
2: people are on the $7, though. Yeah. Okay, so seven, they're seven.
1: adding $70 million, uh, Theoretically here, they're adding $70 million a month. I don't know what their expenses are. Is That's that- on the first day, though, Joel. And, as, yeah. and so just
0: imagine so what Netflix – $200. So Netflix
1: 199 Get your order out there. $200. Joel's bullish. I'm, for 200. I'm still 200.
2: long in the long-term portfolio.
1: Dennis. I want 150 is big. All steak dinners, all lunches.
2: I I called 200 on this show about six months ago. My old car. Do you remember me saying that on the show? (laughs) Me too. I said this could eventually be a $200 stock. It was when I did that whole valuation with Netflix. It was three or four months ago. Stock was trading around 135. It was after the Disney Plus announcement. It was 135. And I said I bought it in the long term portfolio because I think this could eventually be a $200 stock. That was when I put it in the long term portfolio, which was somewhat early. I bought it at 139. Oh, was somewhat early because it went back down. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Yeah, we were both kind of early on it, but I was buying it because I think eventually the story could propel us. Well, the story started yesterday. Now, the question is, was too much too fast yesterday? Maybe, but I'd be scared to be short.
1: And, uh, I mean, you think about that, you know, the eventual numbers. What about um, all the analysts? Uh, 160? No, I'm going to 175. You're going to have all these upgrades coming? could. Yeah, you know, price target raises. Maybe. But none
2: came yeah. overnight, which is interesting. I would have thought we'd get one, you know, little straggler here yeah. coming with an upgrade. I didn't see any upgrades overnight, which is interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so so, I- so <laughs> Disney's <laughs>
2: gain is Netflix's loss, apparently. Netflix got hit yesterday on this. Um, no real analyst commentary again, but Netflix lost almost 10 bucks on this. Yeah. I'm still saying I think the competition is not just going to be from Disney. It's going to be from Apple. It's going to be from potentially Comcast. Streaming competition is coming all over the place for Netflix. Nosebleed valuation, still, I do not like it. I've talked about it with the stock since three thirty. I'm going to continue to say I think the stock is a sell.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I am looking forward to the Irishman coming out, but that's like a, you know, I mean, that's one here. You know, it's one thing, one show. I mean, it's, it's- a movie. It's a movie, yeah, Yeah. it's a movie, so they got a lot of cost in their content. Uh, Dennis, uh, I don't know if it's appropriate time to ask this question, but uh, Mr. Stark in the YouTube chat, what kind of limit orders do you use after hours, or are you just hitting bids and lifting off?
2: No, it depends. Sometimes you'll sit out there. If it's got the momentum going, I'm not afraid to get out on the offer. If you can see the things lifting, 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 I'm not, no need to hit a bid. If I'm like really wanting to be short something, I hit a bid. Like if something's breaking news, They don't hit, you know, like you say, when the stocks are going down, they're not lifting offers. So on a breaking news, like something's bad, I'm hitting the bid. There's a bid out there, I'm hitting it. You know, like, for example, when I traded the IAC versus the the match, and match turned and started going red, and IAC was sitting there bid flat, I hit the bid. And I immediately made five, like five points in five seconds on that. Um, obviously, I, I covered soon because match kept going down after that. But you know, it's just ARB. That's just pure ARB between the two stocks, which stuff I'm going to talk about out in New York on Tuesday as well. Throwing the IAC owns a huge chunk of match. So there's a relationship there. And all I'm doing is exploiting that relationship. But you know, it depends. So sometimes if you know the moment maybe you're trading momentum and you're going against a contrarian thing, you throw your offer out there. Maybe you're, maybe you're long, maybe you're going with it and you just want to get out and you can see they're just lifting offers, lifting offers. We'll throw your offer. No sense hitting a bit if they're lifting offers. So you got to just judge the momentum. So that's a little bit. And then if,
1: and if you're exiting, let's say you have a nice short on something, you pick the level, you, you might throw just a bid. I mean, if you want, you know, you yeah. out. you'll just throw, a, you'll throw your bid. So I
2: don't like to have my bid sitting there though, because I believe you know, there's so much like you, you, if they throw a bid out there in the high frequency, oh, we got a bid. And then they start buying it on you. I like to use discretion. So what I have is a tool. It's called the discretionary order where if I want to buy the stock at 22, I'll throw it out at 21.50 with 50 cents of discretion. And then if it comes down to 22, it'll lift the offer. So a lot of times, you know, that's how I play it is with discretion. Sometimes I'll put a bid out there, but I don't like my bid. Like if the stock's coming down, I don't want my bid to push the price higher on myself. So, you know, you've got to sometimes, I like to stay outside the market, not influence the market at all. So that's why I like using the discretionary market because they, they will push the price away from you, especially if something hasn't traded, like just on earnings and it's looking for some, you know, something, you know, what's happening here. Directly. um hundred shares moves the price like you know a hundred share offer and then the type of, oh there's sellers sell, sell 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 mortimer i mean that's how the algos work so you know you're is, pushing the you, price you, uh, away from yourself
1: do you do play-by-play when you're uh when you're doing the after hours trading <laughs> <laughs> to myself yeah <laughs> no <laughs> since you only talk to us an hour i just talk
2: to myself the whole time I'm banging my head on the Disney. Why did I short it already? It's a 150-50. Why did I short a 150? <laughs>
1: right. uh, Spice. Want to address Spice's question here. How long will it be before they start make money streaming? I mean,
0: I don't know if it matters, really. Yeah, and I, and I, I also don't know how many new shows they have. I know they have you know,
2: some. Uh, what is that? Mandalorian, though? The Star Wars? Yeah, Spencer. Right, your, right. Your,
1: uh, Brent wants you to sign up and watch that. I
2: want to watch that, too. All right, let's, I got invited to a Mandalorian party for Friday night. Really? But I'm not joking. Are you going to dress up buddies. like
1: Darth Vader?
2: Yeah, we've done that before. Did I tell you about that? I tell you about my buddy's 40th birthday? He's no, a no, huge no, no, Star No, okay, Wars. Wait, wait, no, tell us,
0: tell us after we bring on. Oh, yeah, Mark, okay, we'll, okay. we'll save the story. Okay,
2: thank Mark you. Mark might <laughs> want to hear the story. Well, maybe he does, but he's
0: no, here with- No, not go. It's Mark's time. Let's bring on. He's here with us now. Mark Shaking from Shaken Analytics. Mark, good morning.
3: Good morning. I keep trying to turn on my video, but it won't turn on. I don't know wow. Oh, uh, all right. Well, we'll settle for
0: uh, the, the dulcet tones. You know what I do, yeah, Mark, there actually? We go. There we go.
3: It turns out it was on your end. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: okay. That's, that's Spencer, yeah, for you. Actually, it's usually, Joel. Go ahead. Mark, how
3: are you? I'm good. Looking forward to seeing you guys in New York next week.
2: Excellent. We're going to have Mark Shake in there. It's going to be a really fun time, obviously, out there in New York. So if you can, please join us. But, uh, Mark, I mean, these markets are crazy. I mean, we've been... Climbing higher, climbing higher, but what about the move? First, I got to talk with you about Disney. What about that move? What are you thinking on Disney now after an extreme move after those Disney Plus numbers?
3: Oh, I wouldn't chase the stock up here. I I think you guys nailed the dynamics of what happened, but which didn't zero in on was the debt that they both have Netflix and Disney, huge debt that they took on to buy. Uh, 20th century, and also the cost of uh, creating this content is going way, way up for both those companies. I think uh, this is sort of a cannibalization situation, and I'd, I'd be avoiding both stocks. Netflix, we haven't liked for a while, as with you. I thought that rally up to 298 or so was a great opportunity to get out and short the stock. Disney is, as you point out, it's a company with a lot of assets. Uh, I don't think streaming is going to make that big a difference in Disney. Yep, the uh, $70 million, uh in revenue, very nice to have, but a lot of debt there. They've got to do something to cut that debt down.
0: All right. Silly me. I thought we would be done talking about Disney by by, uh, by yesterday. Clearly, we're not. But let's move on, nonetheless.
1: giant uh, I've been
0: trying to move on from Disney for a week or two. Uh, <laughs> Walmart here. Walmart had earnings this morning. The EPS beat The sales missed. They raised their full-year adjusted EPS guidance.
3: Well, I think Walmart is uh, a canary in the coal mine for the stock market that's going to continue to move higher. We've reached the bottom end of our range, 3,100, 3,200. And we now have a a real coda to earnings season, With earnings season typically ends with the Walmart report. And I think it's a good one uh, because it reflects better activity at the retail level. Uh, how much of a signal does Walmart provide to you
0: for the overall economy, Mark? Do you, is that like a good thing that you, that you watch?
3: It's a, a nice backdrop uh, indicator of the strength of middle America, basically. I mean, you know, the, the one percenters aren't shopping at Walmart. And uh, it, it's healthy. This is a healthy earnings report, especially the guidance. I think the guidance is critical here. All right, Mark,
0: what else is on your radar as far as uh, stocks you like, stocks you don't like, heading into the uh, the end of the week here?
3: Healthcare uh, really stood out during earnings season, and we had two recommendations uh, during earnings season, uh, first Bristol-Myers and then CVS. So I think uh, healthcare had all the negative news baked into it, and when you look at the reaction to healthcare earnings, companies that out, surpassed Wall Street estimates, really did very, very well, like CVS. Companies that failed to meet estimates, there was really no selling pressure. So that tells me that the bad news in healthcare is baked in and they're not focusing on the presidential impact on healthcare down the road. Uh, This is a real growth sector. Healthcare is segued from defensive to both defensive and growth. So when the market was looking, like it was the fear trade, never going to end, utilities, consumer staples, healthcare, they were participating. Now we're in a more cyclical phase and healthcare is still participating. I like it. So how do you know which
0: industries within healthcare are going to, are growth in, and, and which are our
3: value? Well, we look at chicken analytics. So you've got four different ETFs, uh, select spider, healthcare, uh, related. You've got the big one, uh, which I don't think is a good guide. You've you really zeroed in on one of the problems with healthcare. You've got to know which stocks to own and where to go. So uh, I think it's very selective. A lot of the pharmaceutical stocks are clearly, uh, if not crapshoots, uh, fluctuate day to day, week to week. But within healthcare, when I look at the large cap sector, I'm going to look at the select spider sector ETF and see you know, what's working. But uh, right now, our two favorites are Bristol and CVS. I think the synergies between the CVS-Aetna uh, combination have been underappreciated in the market. And I, I really believe that that's a part of what's driving the stock. This has become a monolith. It's really become a major player And you've got, across the board, Biotech Strong, Amgen, and Biogen have very bullish ratings in our work. Uh, The story with Bristol, to me, is the Celgene acquisition. Celgene is really doing the premier work in stem cell research, and it's going to now be... a a bolt-on to uh, Bristol's pipeline. So there's, there's a lot of names in this space that are doing well.
0: What does a chicken analytics say about Walgreens? You've got J.P. Morgan saying it could be worth 75 bucks a share in a buyout, but what do your metrics say
3: about Walgreens?
1: Uh, Walgreens the dogs what are, we are barking. Buying? Alcoa, U.S. Steel, what are we buying? The dogs are barking, Mark.
3: The dogs are barking. Yeah, I hear that. Maybe that means we ought to do the dogs to the the Dow. Well, Walgreens had a, a bullish rating before the um, merger uh, or going private uh, turned up uh, in September and October. It's now neutral. Uh, I like, you know, the pattern in the stock, but this is a play. They're going to get, you know, a go private bid from Kohlberg or someone like that, and um, this could be big. All
0: right, what don't you like here? So you you gave, can, you gave us your name in healthcare what what name you like
3: well in healthcare or or anywhere i just i think the uh, fear trade is over. I do not like the electric utilities. they turned them into growth momentum stocks with the p e higher than tech that's insane yeah for an industry that was growing at six to eight percent a year if that I All don't right. like consumer staples here. I really believe the the whole idea of value is coming back i I don't think that's easily. Quantified or monetized, but I do think cyclicals are coming back. So you've got to look at the aerospace stocks that got beaten down pretty badly uh, in the industrial sector. Uh, again, healthcare, uh, tech is great. Look at Corvo's report. Corvo's report, I think, is the most significant earnings report of the whole six week earnings season.
2: I mean, a lot of these tech stocks aren't expensive, and I can't understand it either why some people want to pay 24, 25 times earnings for a Procter & Gamble, and then you've got some tech stocks that are trading with PEs of 10 that are actually growing. Um, it, it's you know like exactly what you said. It was like this fear trade that everybody's just piling in on the defensive stuff. Oh, we need dividends because we're going into a recession. The yield curve inverted, and that's kind of off the table here now. So you know some of these stocks have actually held up. Like The PG is not that far off the highs, but... I think I'd be a seller rallies in a stock like that for the same reason you just cited.
3: Oh yeah, that, that just went off the charts uh, on a valuation basis. One, uh, one really good market analyst uh, does a ratio between um, XLK and XLP. It's my old friend, Martin Pring. And you've had a big uh, breakout of XLK versus XLP. That's how he measures the fear um, you know the, the value cyclical uh, trade and as of last week you had a big breakout there but once you go to corvo i mean corvo tells you a lot about where tech is going this is a 5g play yeah and clearly 5g is um, we're, we're behind no doubt we're behind china in 5g
2: I mean, you look at Qualcomm as well. Same same type of thing. You've got obviously, you know, five G play with Qualcomm as well, and the stock's been taken off. The five G stocks show a lot
3: of life. Well, Corvo has had a bullish rating in chicken Analytics since February, and uh, people who followed that and stayed with it have finally gotten the payoff. But I I don't think you run out of Corvo here. As we had a call on our user forum Monday night. Well, how do I protect my profit? You know, do I use a trailing stop and? My response was put up an eight-period exponential average on your online brokerage chart or your chicken chart, uh, and if it breaks that, then you've broken the short-term momentum. But if it stays above that, write it, ride it for all it's worth. These stocks are in new all-time high territory. You know what I call that, blue-sky territory. You know, there are no clouds. There are no, there's nobody with a loss no pain. of the stock. There's no. There's no overhead there's a supply because it hasn't sure. been there. Tell me about New York guys. What are we what are we looking forward
2: to? Spencer, this would be on you. This is on me. Okay. Uh, we got
0: a full day of fintech programming with a little bit of pre market prep on the side, right? So Joel and Dennis are gonna be are gonna be in one room doing some training education and across the hall we're gonna have uh, panels on payments and APIs and a lot of the, the nitty gritty and the underlying tech of our industry. Uh Joel, you were have yeah. trying to get a word in though. So well,
1: no no no. It's uh you know, we're gonna do the show in the morning. We're gonna have uh gonna have a special guest with us there at, during the show. And then I think around eleven we're gonna go into our first educational session, eleven to eleven thirty. And then during the breaks at two fifteen, we're gonna do another twenty to thirty minute presentation. And then at four o'clock I think we're just gonna kinda open it up to like a Q and A and just uh you know for everyone to just maybe didn't catch the other two uh, um, sessions to come in there and just kind of pick our brains, see what we do to put together the show and everything. So that's, that's the lineup. Are you, uh, you're going to be there the whole day?
3: I will be there mostly in the morning through about two o'clock. Okay. Um, The night before.
1: Spice just wanted to say, uh, or just reiterate why you don't like to reach utilities here at this point.
3: I think that they got, too much play on the defensive fear trade and uh, you know with treasury bonds moving back up they're less compelling on a uh you know where do you put your money to earn interest but you know these these rhythmic cycles come and go and i think it's it's gone for the whole uh, defensive interest rate sensitive sector all right mark Chakin is the founder of chaykin analytics I seriously
0: can't recommend his site enough do you want a really uh, high-level overview of how all the fundamental and technical factors sort of – you want them all summarized into one number or one one rating, that's what his uh, service provides. So great service for stocks and ETFs. Mark Chaykin, thank you so much, and we will see you on Tuesday. See you on Tuesday. It's going to be good weather in New York. Oh God! I hope
2: so. We'll Excellent. We've got a foot of snow here in Detroit, so we need to get away from this snow.
3: Ooh. Okay. Has, a great it's, weekend, winter guys. came
2: two months early here in Detroit. Yeah. All right.
3: See good you. See right.
2: Mark. Thanks, uh, Mark. All right, Dennis. Now you can tell us your story about the Star Wars thing. Okay. So going back, we We keep coming back to Disney. So well, you, Di- you Disney's just to, taking over the airtime everywhere. Oh, so no, well, the story. So. I don't even remember where it came from. Where we were talking right. about before. So we kind of missed it now. All right. Oh, okay, it's over. Dennis, it's, all come right. Come on. All <laughs> right. I was talking. Okay. So I was just saying, you were saying, are you going to get all dressed up for Disney Plus or something? Julia asked me, and I was like, actually, back on my buddy Phil, his fortieth birthday. He's a huge Star Wars fan, so we surprised him, and we all bought costumes and we showed up at his house. I showed up with uh, uh with a Jedi costume. Another buddy was in a Jedi costume. We got him a Darth Vader costume because he was kind of our leader. The other couple people were with stormtroopers, so we all went basically a star wars characters this was in the middle of like august and then we picked them up and we went to the bar uh we did bar hopping in star wars gear (laughs) so we're kind of it's kind of interesting in the middle of the the summertime and a little bit hot obviously when you got a full gear on but we got a lot of looks a lot of people were wondering what is going on so anyways it was a really fun night so i'm not scared to get dressed up with what i'm saying even if it's not halloween All right, great stuff. Uh, Let's move on
0: to this. this, uh, The other non-earnings headline this morning, Uh, Carl Icon here is um, getting into the Xerox HPQ story. He 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 already has a 10.6% stake in Xerox. Now he has a 4% stake in HP, and he's pushing
2: for a merger here. It's interesting because i would have thought originally he would be one to oppose it because he was in xerox and obviously if xerox buys hpq xerox is probably going to go down on that there is some synergies there so now he owns both. so now he's just hoping the synergies are going to bring up both position like a riding tide lifts both ships i guess here um i'm still torn here on the hpq because i don't think hpq wants to get bought it was kind of in the tea leaves. And, you know, we obviously had Gasparino reporting that this took HPQ very much by surprise because originally uh, HPQ was looking at acquiring Xerox. So I think they're somewhat offended that the smaller Xerox is going to make a bid for us. That's why I sold my HPQ into the pop on the second day because I was nervous that this could turn the other way. And if HPQ is the one that buys Xerox, HPQ is going to be down at $17. So if it's Xerox still buy an HPQ, well, there's a $22 offer you're floating out there, there's more upside here. But I think this saga still has a long ways to play out. Icon are going to push for it. It helps. That's why HPQ is trading up here this morning. They also on the side raised the dividend last night. But I don't think they want to get acquired, and that's why I'm not buying HPQ, and that's why I sold my HPQ. Next
1: next how about
2: <laughs> Joel has no comments on it next
1: no, i mean i don't i mean they had that pop that day the pop was sold you know so it was, yeah. it was sold hard
2: for yeah. a reason yep. they came out basically said they were shocked Gasparina reported and then there was rumors that they could go the other way yeah. i'm like Phew, that's good enough for me to sell too i'm nervous on that headline too because um, if things up at twenty one, I'm getting you know, you're you're getting a huge windfall on the potential this this is a deal that's gonna happen. And then there's rumors that the deal could go the other way. Well that'd be right back down at seventeen. I don't want to see those gains go away.
1: Hey Dennis, did you see this insider buying Dropbox yesterday? No, was it a big was one. the tape? Five hundred yeah. five hundred thousand shares. When? Uh, is this I, why it took off? Uh Dropbox one hundred forty seven is reported here on Bedzinga Pro. So
2: this was intraday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm typically not trading at 1.47 in the afternoon. People, you know, don't understand that. But um, I'll tell you the reason I've always called 11 to 2 toxic hour, where there's a lot of chop and not a lot of uh, – it's why, you know, my hours are extended. I trade very early in the morning. I trade very late at night. Middle of the day, I find it very hard to make money. One, there's not a lot of breaking headlines, although that one would have been tradable. Two is I – and mean, you know how I like trading headlines – and then two is there's so much chop in those hours. So I've always said from 11 to 2, I've said this on the show a lot of times, I typically take those hours off. That's a big so I wasn't buy. at my desk. I Half
1: a million so. shares. I mean, that's uh, – I mean, it's not it's a good high buy.
2: Price. Yeah. Yeah, it's a vote of confidence. The stock needed that, and I'm not surprised to trade up on that. I wish that headline would have broke at night, and I would have been buying Dropbox on it. I wish I would have been at my desk when that headline broke. We'll say that.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, S&P's just hanging out at 30.90, down five handles. No, really, no big deal here. We dropped on the headline yesterday. The things, uh, Dow Jones reporting things weren't going well with China, according to farm purchases. But uh, how many times have you seen that scenario where, you know, you have a 10, 12 point sell off and then it stalls and then they buy it right back up? So you did get an intraday headline in that. So uh, just for the, anybody looking for the reason for that drop yesterday. All right. What
2: about the pot stocks?
1: I uh, knew he wanted
2: to go to
0: Canopy Growth. All right. We let's, keep getting this one right. Let's do it. Canopy Growth earnings this morning. Q two EPS they lost a dollar and eight Canadian uh dollars per share last night. Uh that is up on year over year basis. You would expect that of course. Sales also up on year over year basis seventy six million versus twenty three million in the same quarter last year. Um let me see here. Q2, uh, they sold 10,900 kilograms, up 3% uh, sequentially from last quarter, and I don't know if there were estimates, but you don't need me to tell you that.
1: Yeah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> NBev
0: also reported, let's do NBev with it. Oh, boy. Oh, InBev, I I kind of forget. This one kind of fell off I my radar. I did ra- trade
1: that one. That's one of the past th- I th-
0: This one fell off my radar here. So InBev also it fell off was, everyone's radar. Q3, Q3 <laughs> EPS, an InBev, 14-cent loss versus a 4-cent loss estimate. So they missed that number. Sales, 69.8 versus 69.95 million. So light on sales as well.
2: All right, both these stocks. Party is officially over for NBEV. It was officially over a long time ago. I know when the stock was $9, I said on the show, eventually it's going to be back under 2 bucks. We still haven't got there. It's been a long time. It's been a year since I made that call. It's almost there. So it took almost a year. It's $2.26. Yep. I still say it's going to be under $2. I only have $0.26 cents to go. You can go rewind the tape back to September of 2018 when I said that and it upset a few people. But that was a storied stock. The story is over. Um, CGC, these are real companies. They don't make money though. And the competition, I mean, I give this argument every single day. If you've been listening to the show anytime in the last six months, even you know, going back further than that, we begin the same argument. Competition is coming and they're not most of them aren't making money. So that's why these stocks are still sells. It's Down eight percent here. Again, you know, they've been hit so hard here. You know, is there a potential for a little short squeeze here or there? Yeah, we saw that four days ago and immediately got sold again. But I think longer term, I think you look at these things, and people say, longer term, it's going to be okay. I think longer term, it's not going to be okay. I think longer um, term, all these things go lower. Short term, they could get squeezed. Long term, they still don't make money competition coming. Story is over.
1: I hear uh, coming to December 1st, you're going to be able to buy uh, marijuana legally here in Michigan. Did you hear that, Spencer, December 1st?
0: Well, it's been legal, but you haven't been able to buy it. Yeah, so. Right, nothing's been opened. I don't know. I didn't hear that. I heard that. I heard that
1: on the way in here. All right. Uh, I don't know what to say here about uh, canopy growth making a new old time low here. Uh, We've talked about it. The former old, well, not old time low, low of the move. Let's just call it that. The uh, the former low of the move was 1789. (laughs) That's going to be resistance now and uh on your uh monthlies and this is just a monthly number you know over the course of time may come into play 1674 was your low in february of 2018 so if that was your target you might get a shot at it today 1674 just sitting here at the lows of the session probably a better place to uh cover short than to start along and ed bev has been uh been uh falling as well not much there's nothing to say about that yeah not much to say about if you think
2: it's going back to 10 bucks i think you're very wrong if you think it's going back to five bucks i think you're very wrong i think the story is completely over here all right, Sorry, then. I'm. I you know, and I, I I disappoint a lot of people. You know, when I talk, you know, bearish. You know, I get a lot of questions about the pot stocks, and a lot of people are really caught. Where on right, like
1: Twitter or just like no people
2: app- friends and stuff? Because I'm I'm from Leamington, they four pot plant, or they, you know, that's where Afri is based. So I have a number of buddies. What do you think of the pot stocks? I'm in them. What do you think? I get this all the time. Like I mean, I get this once a week, and you know why they're asking me? It's because they're all stuck long. So what's that tell you when you have so many people like they're nervous and they want to get their money back? They're probably not getting their money back. That's, you know, sorry. I mean, it's just the way it is. The story, the valuation never made any sense. I've, I've, I, I, that's why I never, you know, I had these things, you know, as a trade-on for a while, a few times, I've always said, don't stick these in your long-term portfolios because eventually, um, you know, valuation is going to matter here. And it does now. And the valuations are all still nosebleed. That's a nice, Positive way. I, be- I've been like saying that for a long time. I know, so I'm just I know, a a,
0: I'm basically know. on repeat here. I know, I know, I know,
2: I know. Okay. I just want to keep reiterating it because I keep getting yeah, these questions. Yeah. It's not getting better. I don't think it's getting better. All right. Cisco
0: here yesterday after the close, EPS beat for them and the sales beat. Uh, they gave some guidance as well. That was a smidge light, their EPS guidance, uh, light by. Uh, so, 75 to 77 cents is the range that they gave. 79 cents per share was the estimate for the Q2 EPS guidance. Uh, sales for the uh, uh, guided down 3 to 5% terrible. Or on a year over year basis. So
2: terrible. Weekend. And I bought this thing in the long term portfolio at 51, big mistake. It came back a little bit a couple times, tried to give my money back if I wanted. I said, ah, I'm sticking with it. It's long term portfolio. Now it's back down here again. It's been terrible for me so far as an investment here. You know, as much as I've got the pot stocks right, I've got some stuff wrong sometimes too. And Cisco's one I've had wrong. Still sticking in the long term portfolio. I believe valuation still makes sense here long term. Short term, it's been horrible
1: investment. Uh got one level, one level only. Uh let's see if we it was exact. Forty you're oh is this below the low of the move? Oh, it is. Forty six forty six uh 46 even was your lower the move. You're trading below that. You spiked down to 45. Wow, it got in a lower 45 handle, 45.12. So there you go. There's a target if you're looking on the downside. looks like someone has a bid though at the 45.60 area. So big thick stock. I don't know, 45.12. I don't know. It's going to take a lot to get it through there, but kind of quiet price discovery. Bids and offers right here has actually been pretty tight. Over like the last two or three hours, 45 and a half to 45
0: All right. I'm going to say something right now in Cisco, and you guys can tell me if I'm off base here. Sure. But looking – the analysts the morning after can tell you how bad the sentiment is. So this morning, no one is downgrading the stock. They're all lowering their price targets, but they're maintaining – their neutrals and their buys. If the analysts were to come out this morning and downgrade, sell, sell, neutral, sell, sell, neutral,
3: Damn. that
0: would be a bigger red flag than this morning when they're not doing that. They're 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 still bullish. Doesn't mean they're right, but they're still bullish, and they're just lowering their price targets to, to play catch up. So it's a good observation. That would, that would make me feel a little bit better if if I was long, which I'm not.
2: I am long and I don't feel good at all about it. I mean the one thing I do say is it hasn't taken out the low of October 4555. That's a critical number for the stock to hold. One thing though is when you're buying value stocks is there is a floor at a certain point with dividends and stuff. It's not like you know it's going to go down to 10 bucks or 20 bucks. I mean, you know there there is value here. It's the, the what's the multiple on this thing? 12. What is it going forward even at the even at the lower earnings projection. Yeah, let's find it real fast and pro. It's low. But you know what? P, low P stocks have been out of favor. They forward, came back into favor for a month P or so. But Ford P is fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. I mean, you know it's not crazy expensive. I like buying stocks like this because I'm a value guy. Value has worked for me over the twenty years of my investing career, but I've had a lot of, you know, periods in the last couple of years is one of those periods, even the last three or four years, where my portfolio underperforms because it's not on all the crazy growth names that have been taken off. But you know what? They hold up a lot better. During periods like 2008, during periods like 2000, when you're buying stocks your P's of 90 back in the year 2000, you're in trouble. But you're buying P's stocks of 10s, a lot of those held up. So, you know, that's all depends on the market. And when you're a raging bull market, which we really have been in the last six or seven years, growth is going to outperform value all day long. I don't know how long that continues, though. Are we due for another bear market? Eventually, but. I'm, you know, i have still sticking growth stocks. I bought some Workday. You know, I've bought some Shopify. I bought some growth stocks on this pullback here because I don't think the bull run's done.
1: S&Ps are leaking here, Dennis. What are you seeing? You seeing some in selling balances out there or what? Uh... No, down four points.
2: No, I don't really see anything. I mean, it, they're still it's, it's headline driven too. I mean, we had some numbers from Europe there this morning. There's lots of reasons you can talk about why maybe the S&Ps are down here, but I mean, we're down four points. We're really down nothing.
1: Right. And they probably, they just juiced the S&Ps a little bit here in that last 15 minutes. So that's why it's reflecting a seven and a half point loss. There's
2: nothing. I mean, let's put this in. We're, we're one, we're literally 0.3% off the all-time high, right. 0.3%. So it's hard to just say, oh, that's the top 310 was it. Let's get the hell out on SPY. I mean, I, this trend has been yeah. up for a we're long not- time. Yep. There's so many people still underinvest in this market. That's why every pullback gets bought. We saw it with Apple the other day. It's down two bucks, it gets bought. I mean, now you're seeing Apple this morning I actually counted downgrade here today. We should talk about that maximum downgrading it to sell. Um, that's interesting. I was just bold, getting, bold you're, you're reading
0: my mind. You're reading my mind. I was going to go there next. Yeah. So, we haven't seen a downgrade to Apple uh, in four months. July 8th was the last time it was Rosenblatt. Downgrade Apple to sell. We're getting it this morning.
2: Maxim downgrade Apple to sell gave it a $190 price target. It's a bold call. It's a stock that's been going straight up. Could it cool off on this a little bit? Maybe, but there's always those buy the dippers lurking below.
1: I'll give Joel his thoughts. You yeah, I'll just uh gotta get on mute here. haven't done that in a while. Uh trading at the lows of the pre-market session right now, right at uh 262.63. Let's go to the dailies. Hmm. I'd have to hold out here. I easily see 261 today. Uh that's only two bucks away. There's your last two lows. So if you don't hold that bounce at 261. Then we're looking at 258.28, so double bottom there, 261. That's what you got to hold. And now going back on the upside, you know, that all-time high from yesterday, that closing high, does have some significance, 64.47. I I kind of thought that someone was going to – I mean, not that I anticipated or played or anything, but I'm like, man, this has got a lot of upgrades. This thing has really had a bit. I wonder if someone's going to try and walk it down. So you see what happens today, see if someone else tries to – you know, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Jump on the bandwagon, you know, and do it again. Like tomorrow. one analyst
2: comes with downgrade. Yeah, you think yeah, another one could exactly. follow suit here? Yeah, yeah. Somebody else think of I mean, it's run straight up. This analyst is making a bold call. So props to the analyst for having some guts. So many of the analysts we talk, it's like lemmings. The stock rallies up and they all upgrade it the next day. Um, this is a completely contrarian call. The stock made a new all-time high yesterday and they came out with a downgrade. So very, very bold call. I'm um, still on the long-term portfolio. I'm sticking with it, but, you know, it's got me spooked a bit.
1: Do we have the history of this guy's uh, calls in the stock? Is this like his first call ever? I mean, is he – what was his rating? Maxim's somewhat followed. Yeah. It's it not like – it's more followed than Rosenblatt. I mean, it's just like you wait. So I like Rosenblatt too. You know, I mean, like if I was a Wall Street analyst and I wait, I, I mean, all this time and then, okay, yeah, now it's a sell? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's uh kind of like doing a... Yeah, dog- but isn't
2: that the way you're supposed to do it? Buy yeah. low, sell high? I mean, this analyst reading the book. That's funny, yeah, you know, it's going straight idea. up. Okay, it's went too far, sell it. Whose I book? I kind of respect that. Whose book? He's reading your book? I, well, I don't know. Like you think uh, everybody, other analysts is upgrading AT&T at the all-time highs, and then they're downgrading at the all-time lows. Exactly. I mean, what? this one actually is trying to call a top. I mean, it's got to... I don't like calling... It's definitely not my book, Spencer, because I don't like calling tops on stocks. But I'm saying the textbooks, you know, or you know, when you look at the valuation stuff, stocks continue to run. The things up forty percent this year. I mean, maybe it's time to book some profits.
1: Uh, that I would totally agree with. But I might have said book and profits at like two forty or two fifty. So you know, it's uh, just trade it. I just like the two sixty one number. It sticks out to me. It's a double bottom for the last two sessions. Use that as support. If it breaks, then I'm looking for two fifty eight twenty eight on the upside. I don't think we're going to see 264. I don't think we're going to see that 264 handle. So I'd figure whatever the mid, you know, whatever your pivot was from yesterday, if you're looking for a pop to sell it, I'd say the math on it, five, one, six, four, two. you know, on the six, I, I think you'll find sellers in the 262 and a half, 263 area. If you're looking for, you know, a fade of this and gets any kind of pop at the markets weak too. But Dennis, I know there's an upgrade up there that you just have your finger on the button beyond me catches an upgrade.
2: No, nope. Upgrade initiated. It wasn't an upgrade. Oh, it it initiated. Was initiated with coverage with a buy of Berenberg. They put a hundred dollar price target on it. I will say, is a lot of risk to try to pick up twenty 106. points on this. One hundred six. One hundred six. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, in any
2: regard, here it says a hundred in the pro. Maybe they should change that to one hundred six. But BYND. I also had uh, an insider buy last night too, which was the first insider buy that I've seen in a long time. But it was actually just exercise. So I guess it wasn't an insider buy. They just exercised some options there that they had from $1.50. So probably do to turn around and sell tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's the same stuff. I think beyond me, long term, you're in trouble. Short term, we could squeeze a bit. I mean, it's straight down from 150. Could it rally to 90? Yeah, good. But I think the long term path least resistance is still lower. I would be a seller of any significant rally. I think beyond me, I've said it, I said it could be under 60 by the end of the year. Well, it's looking kind of tight. I mean, it's going to need to get some momentum. I think this thing is going to be under $50 by the middle of next year, or maybe under 40 even. So I am bearish beyond me. I would sell any rally into this. Again, I'm not shorting the stock here because it's way oversold. It, right. could, it could squeeze them a bit. But long term, I would not want this in my long term portfolio, not with your money.
1: Uh just uh let's see here on the dailies, what do you got on the dailies here? You are trading at eighty-one, I see eighty-one nineteen high. You haven't even gotten through that yet. That's your four-day high. So if it gets through eighty one nineteen, then you do have some error up to eighty three fifty one. But if you're going on this guy's call and you're and you're saying, Okay, I'm buying it at eighty one, I'm using a thirteen point stop for a twenty-six point target, then you know, it's, you know, but if you're trying to trade it off the hop, you're buying it off the hop, you want to see it, boom, open up, take out the pre-market high, and just keep on going. But the next, you know, if you can't get above 81.19, 83.51 was your high on the sixth, and I don't know. I just don't see it today in it.
2: Valuation still makes no sense. Yep, this is a longer-term
1: play. The guy's making a longer-term
2: play. Yeah, yeah, he thinks it makes sense. I don't it's not
1: it going sense. down, too, right? I mean, day. It's <laughs> <For> a day. <laughs> it's for a a day.
2: day. <laughs> Horrible story.
1: Actually it's up two days in a row. It went from seventy Okay,
2: we'll give it to two days in a row. It went from seventy three to eighty one. Stop going down. This person was waiting for it. Gutsy Gutsy call by that analyst. I think he's wrong.
1: There you go. Gutsy call. Gutsy Call, and-
2: call Day. Good. The analyst I, I respect the analyst for the call. I think he's wrong though.
1: Okay. All right. What do we want to move on I to? I mean, yeah, it's
2: hard to find a more country
1: call than sell Apple, but and sell <laughs> Apple. If you're selling Apple and buying beyond you have not not been listening to Benzinga's pre-market press. Did we cover Walmart yet? Yes. Yes, we did. Well, sort of. It's leaking. It's leaking. That's just a big move. Talk for-
2: about the pre-market after the pre action here. It's a huge move for Walmart. Again, Walmart's loved right now. It's all-time high. It's hard to short stocks like that.
1: Right, right. Uh, you got up to 125 uh 68 and that's your, your 2 bucks off that. So I really think it's going to be hard to get back to that area. Kind of reminds me a little bit um, – who was it? that shot up over your Disney scenario. I mean, longer, you know, going forward, it was a you know a bad call if you were selling that day. But it just kind of like got overdone in the pre market. You're backing off, so I'd use you know 124, 124 and a half, 125. I'm sure there's some big orders there. Uh, I don't know how high it can open. I think people are just gauging that some stock in the book will keep it down. Yesterday's close is one twenty ninety eight. So there's gotta be between one twenty ninety eight and one twenty three and a half. I mean, how many I don't you don't have time to add them all up in the book, Dennis, but there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of stuff. I didn't
2: open my book, but I would think one twenty five is probably this is a big psychological whenever you have stocks making new all time highs, you do run into book troubles because so that's the only thing you can look at for levels because there's institutions that put those things gtc good tell cancel and they say you know their valuation calls and they say it gets up there sell 100 125 sell another hundred thousand one thirty, 130 and they just throw them out there and they forget about the orders you know they bought the stock and that's where they're going to take their profits um it's passive management it's not really the way you know i would be doing my order execution but right. they get done on some of those orders though so you know maybe that's the way i i don't work hundred thousand share orders So, you know, we know Joe Sluzy and Salernick do a great job working the big orders over at Themis Trading. Um, I'm working my own orders, which are not 100,000 shares.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Real quick question. How long does it take for lockouts to shake out? Uh, Here's the thing on these lockups. You don't really know if people are going to sell, right? You don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to, you know. So if they you're... usually
2: do, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I that's... mean,
0: if you're Travis, if you're Travis uh, Kalenic, then yeah, you sell twenty percent of your of your
1: shares. Right. Uh, so it depends. I mean, I think after the lockout day, you know, if you see it, it declines into it, and then it makes a low that day, then it holds that low. Then you could take some of the selling pressures relief, but it just. The way I always look at it wasn't with Twitter. This was a long time ago. The lockup, the first lockup, was coming, and then. I
2: yeah, and that, I don't think it did get the sign that yeah, I can't remember yeah, for sure. Yeah, but.
1: that was a long, long time ago. What
2: uh, what stock are they referring to? The,
1: the I'm not sure what they're referring to, but the only thing about that Dallas is like you're predicating your action on what someone else may do or may not do. So you're kind of. You know, you're kind of waiting someone else to dictate what happens. I I don't like to do that. I like to be aggressive and, and make the move if I'm sure to get into it. I'd like to see what happens that day, but it's tough. It's tough. Let's. Uh, we got. Uh, I mean, you
2: might be referring to Uber. Uber, um, yeah. Because yep. Uber actually had the lockup, and but now you've got an upgrade on Uber today, which is interesting. Argus buying, upgrading it to a buy. Mm-hmm. Um, stock is barely trading up on it. There's been so much selling pressure on this. It's always interesting when you get a stock upgraded by, that's been hate, kind of hated for a while here and it's not trading up much. So I don't know. There's just a lot of overhead supply still happening with Uber. Maybe that's a lockup. Maybe there's other reasons here, but people aren't buying this upgrade this morning on Uber. It's up 18 cents only.
1: Uh, boom boom. And let's see 2760. I see absolutely no upside in Uber until you clear that, uh, not yesterday, but if you go back uh, the last five days, uh, for the five highs, smack dab right at twenty-seven fifty. So there's a target on the upside. Don't see a lot of um, a lot after that. If you can clear that, maybe twenty-eight thirty. But so far, not getting a uh, a big a big reaction here in Uber.
2: I'm gonna but- get Nvidia tonight. I still have Nvidia in the long-term portfolio. The stock obviously has come back a long ways from the lows of the move. We got down like 128 bucks, I believe it was, or $124 back last year. But if you just used the 50%, when we were 300 and went down to 124. I don't know. We're somewhere in there right now, probably of that original move. What stock are you talking about? NVIDIA. Oh, oh. <laughs> NVIDIA. I, about- I was looking at the sell off from the end of twenty eighteen when the stock went from yep, you know yep, 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 being yep. the love of the world from two hundred ninety two all the way down to one hundred twenty four. So it got cut by sixty percent. Now uh, you've had a pretty good rally back. It's halfway down. I'm just thinking about the fifty percent of that. Two oh nine.
1: I figured it yesterday. two oh eighty sixty one.
2: We're right there. So, um, I'm logging.
1: Report. It. If that was your target, you're buying the dip. I say you take it. Maybe do a little. if you still think it's going to 210, 210. I'm up a lot on this stock. <laughs> Get I out. Bought so those, I bought free- that near the lows. About it tomorrow,
2: so you don't. To- I want it, I want it, I kind of want to hold it folded.
1: I should have sold half.
2: Should I sell half? I don't know. <laughs> Whenever I sell half, it's the wrong move because I'm a glass half empty type of guy. So if it goes up, I'll be like, why did I sell half? If it goes down, why did I sell it all?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can't be right. <laughs> yeah, you guys get your Dennis complaining live in person. Uh, that's
2: why we started the show, play. so I could complain about my trades. You <laughs> can't win. You just can't you win. Know, he, I, oh, you, you lose all the time. When you only do half, it's an automatic
1: loser if you're if you're going to be pessimistic about it. Actually, I talked to uh, uh, my cousin, Jimmy, who was trading the stock and he was trading into options. And uh, I said, you know, he's like, he had a target and he got out and I said, well, do you ever get out of, you know, just half a position? And he's, he's a very uh, good gambler and investor and everything. He goes, I, when I do that, I kind of feel like I'm betting against myself <laughs> when I, when I get out of half. So I don't know. I, I think just from a trading perspective, I mean, Sometimes if you have a 2,000 share position, it's always that last 100 shares that you don't care about or last 200 shares that you get the most money on. So I think it's a different philosophy. Just real quick, someone was talking about Amazon here. And uh, I have an Amazon story. This is why I'm bearish the stock. Okay? Okay, It has nothing to do with fundamentals. So last night, uh, I was just uh, getting ready to go to sleep. I don't know, like 10, 30, 11 or something. I looked out. And there was an Amazon, I have a kind of a tricky driveway and there was an Amazon st- uh, truck stuck in the snow. All right, like really, really bad. And there was another Amazon truck trying to pull it out. And they were out there for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell is Amazon? You know, they're getting into this whole delivery thing. I was just thinking, what a, getting away from the, I, I don't know, to me, it was like, let someone else deliver it. I don't know. I just I think they're going you in. I think the wrong they should direction. stay
2: away from delivering yeah. themselves.
1: and the liability, Spencer. Didn't you say that some Amazon drivers um got in some accidents and killed people?
0: That's happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's I. I don't know. Like what? Who needs one day to deliver? I don't know. I don't know. I just, whenever drones says, are going to be there. Wait,
0: wait. Whenever Joel says
2: it has nothing to do with fundamentals, brace yourself because it could be about anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: could be about literally anything. There what was a major it?
2: headline on Amazon yesterday, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, and we could take the next minute. Nike yeah. uh, looks like, yeah, Nike yeah. going to be selling direct. I don't know if that's that big a headline, honestly. It, it sounds scary to me. We're just going to bypass Amazon. Really? No, no, no. Amazon
0: won't sell directly, I'm sorry, Nike won't sell directly to Amazon. Yeah,
2: that means they're going to bypass Amazon.
0: Yeah, but so what? I mean, Nike's Nike products are still going
2: to end up on Amazon. I can sell Nike on Amazon if I want to. You can, but the company's not. So yeah. I just don't know if that's a trend where some companies are going to start, you know, just, not, I, I, to I, me, I don't to know. Me they hit the stock down 20 bucks on it, so they hit it down on it.
1: Yeah, they did. And they, they did. bought Nike
2: on it. Yep. So I, I don't that. know. I don't know how that shakes out. I have no opinion on that yet, but
0: I'm watching. To me, that was a, a bit of a nothing burger because you can bypass Amazon all you want,
1: but uh, Amazon will still get your products somehow, some way. You know what? The one thing about Amazon too, being that top component in the S&P, it has not participated um, in this. I mean, Is it, Amazon it's the
2: top component of the s No, it's not.
1: Well, you're being a top component.
2: It's one not of the, the top.
1: top. One of the top, yeah, yeah. Because Microsoft's the top. The top. Right, Microsoft, Apple, and then Amazon, and then the third. The combined, combined Google's.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's the grow, it's the PE on it. Because it, again, we've been talking about the trade. It's been like this value oriented trade. So Microsoft trading the lower multiple, well, a reasonable multiple. Apple trading ridiculously low multiple. Those have been stocks I've been buying. Amazon trading, you know, seventy or eighty times. They're more hesitant, yeah.
1: like that. I don't know. I just don't like to, that it hasn't participated in a rally, and I also. Like when you have these green bars like this, what's the low uh, that I'm looking at here? I got rid of my data window. Let me pull it up real quick. That's 1742.50 low. Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah. 1742.50. I mean, what's in there to 1700? I mean, it's not going to go whoosh and go straight down there. But I just don't, when you see those bars like that, yeah, you'll have some bars along the way. But I don't know. It's a little – I'm not shorting it. I'm not doing anything in it, but it's just uh, – I was looking out there, and I was actually – actually, I was getting my coat on, and I was going outside to take a picture.
2: And
0: then Jeff Bezos showed up himself.
1: Yes, okay. yes. No, and then, you know, there's a rumor that – he should have
2: went off into my hand. He didn't go off for the Canadian thing. would have been to go and start digging.
1: Yeah. Oh, do you know how mad Lisa gets at me when I try and help push people's car out? She thinks that they're going to back up over me and get me killed. <laughs> you know, she won't let me do it.
2: You're invisible; so they can't yeah, see you. He's
1: like, and I'm good at getting cars out of ditches and stuff. <laughs> Anyways,
0: nine oh one. Yeah, we, we, a couple of announcements. Uh, first off, we're, we're still trying to figure out what the hot potato will be for tomorrow. But if you want to be on hot potato, email us premarket at benzinga dot com, and we can. Who's competing uh, against each other I, tomorrow? I don't know. We haven't quite figured that part out yet. We haven't. We're still trying to work on the questions, but um. All right. If you want to be on Hot Potato tomorrow, end of the show, and of will be trivia, email us, premarket, maybe,
1: at benzinga.com. Maybe we do uh, – let's bring out a couple of the fintech people over here. Maybe. Second announcement. Spencer didn't like that. No, no. I. It's okay. We'll talk about That's it. Right, Second announcement. Idea.
0: I'm dropping the link in the chat. Uh, the link to buy a ticket to the uh, Benzinga Fintech Awards next Tuesday. We've been talking about it. We'll be there. The promo code in the link is already there. It's PMPVIP or you can just go to fintechawards.com, enter the code manually. PNP VIP gets you a free. It's still free? That's what I'm told, man. Free ticket. Are we going to have to move it to the garden? Uh,
2: I know. That's what's going to have to happen
3: here.
2: What are the numbers at now? You were at 500 a few days ago. How many does that hold? again don't know <laughs> big audience 500 people hey,
1: nicole and patrick are in charge of it so it's gonna be all right everything i'm
2: glad we on. got some people coming i like the free ticket idea because i get to talk to more people uh, yeah and the, there was a question
0: from uh spice earlier he asked uh what time so the show we're not doing the show in front of in front
2: of people we, we were trying to do the show live and the problem and is you, they're not letting us in early enough to, right, to exactly. set
0: up so, the show so the, the the conference doesn't really start till like ten thirty ish eleven. That's when Joel's uh, Joel and Dennis's first uh, session is at eleven, yep. I believe. So yep. if you want, I think
2: we're doing at eleven fifteen. If first you're session. trying
0: to plan your day, I would say I would to get there ten thirty eleven. Anywhere in that window yep. is probably safe.
2: Yeah, that's um, probably. And then we're going to do our first session around eleven fifteen, and then like right. the actual fintech awards, I believe, start at noon. But we're going right. to do like a forty minute session right before it starts. Right. So for everybody, the early birds are going to get, and it's going to be. Um, I've, I've got my open morning session and it's going to be revolving around tr- learning to trade the open. So lots of stuff I've talked about, but I'm going to give you some uh, details on how I, you know, obviously I leave at nine o'clock the show so I can focus on my open. But I'm going to give you a little, you know, tidbits and secrets about like, you know, how I go about that. And I've said it for a long time. I make a, I, I think I've never actually figured it out, but I would probably gather that I make, you know, at least a third or maybe even half of my money on that open. So, I I, and the other half, half it's a a big chunk, it's a big chunk made on the open, and it's all you know, and that's what I'm going to talk about is how we go about it. Joel's going to participate because Joel's taught me a lot of these opening strategies as well over the years. Joel used to be a pretty good open trader, too.
1: Okay. Back back in the day, Joel, you
2: taught me a lot of this
1: stuff. All right, and you've taken it to another level. I don't
0: know about that, but... All right, so we'll talk about this on Tuesday. If you missed any part of our show, you can rewatch it on YouTube or catch the podcast. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, basically wherever your podcasts are available. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Friday.